0: and you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash SlashFilm.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to SlashFilm Daily for April 18th, 2018. On today's show, we're going to have a special edition of the Summer Movie Wager on SlashFilm Daily. This is SlashFilm Editor-in-Chief Peter Soda. and joining me on today's podcast is SlashFilm Managing Editor, Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. SlashFilm Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Slash seen Senior Writer, Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And Writer's Y-Train Bowie.
2: Hey, everyone.
1: And Chris Evangelista. Hi. So we got the whole crew here for once. Um, and, uh, this, uh, for those of you who don't know and don't listen to the slash filmcast, uh, the summer movie wager is something we've been doing. Uh, this is the 12th year we've done it. Uh, it was originally done on the Totally Rad show. And after that went away, uh, we took it over on the slash filmcast. And what it is, is a, a uh, yearly game where we wager on, uh, what is going to be the top films of the summer box office. And, uh, you know, you can read the whole rules on slashfilm.com and, uh, thesummermoviewager.com. But basically, the gist of it is that we rank from one to ten, uh, the movies we think are going to be the top of the box office domestically, uh, this summer and uh, we include three dark horses that uh, if they place, we get points. Uh, additionally, um, you get more points. If you nail, the movies dead on in their position. Uh, you get more points if you nail one in Ted dead on because I don't know, those are the rules. And, uh, you get some points. If you are a couple spots away as well, you can read the whole rules on, on the website and I'll I'll put it in the show notes of here as well. Um, but this is, you know, it's just a fun game we've been doing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have been, uh, been very excited about this a couple years ago we launched the summer movie wager.com which is run by this guy named dennis who is amazing he has like stats on there you can if you want to play at home you can put your home list on the summer movie wager.com you just got to enter it before uh infinity war comes out i think the wednesday before infinity war goes uh, comes out and you can see how you uh are going to compete uh with us in the slash film cast and uh the whole crew. Uh so this is the first year we're doing it on slash film Daily with uh I mean last year a bunch of you guys did it just like on the site. Uh is that correct? Am I Yeah, yes. we we all did yeah. it
3: on our own and I think I did pretty well, so you guys best watch out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no uh so, so let's just get into it guys. Let's get into it uh with the number 1 movie um you know, I'm not going to go over my picks because I already did that on the Slash Filmcast, which you can go listen to. I will link in the show notes. Um, but uh, when I was considering my picks for the Slash Filmcast, for, uh, for the Summer Movie Wager, I was really considering not putting Avengers Infinity War at number one. I was really considering putting uh, Jurassic World 2 at number one just because I knew – that was not the expected result. So I was really – and nobody on the Slash Cast put uh, anything other than Infinity War at number one. Uh, and uh, surprise, surprise, everybody put Infinity War as number one here. <laughs> no <laughs> one's taking any It's a any smart chances. choice.
3: It is the only smart choice. And the fact that you considered putting Jurassic World there,
1: Peter, proves that you are a little less smart than the rest of us. <laughs> okay let, let, let's just say that's like i didn't think it was gonna happen but a couple <laughs> of years back i put finding dory as number one of the summer box office and everybody made fun of me it was a big leap and uh it paid off well i didn't win but it paid off pretty well it sound um, that
2: paid off very well at all then
1: <laughs> i guess it did not i guess it didn't pay off in the end but it, it it gave me quite a bit of points it's just uh the rest of my list was not that's good um but you know okay I, I do want to say before we get into your guys picks that Jurassic world made 653 million dollars. The highest grossing Avengers film did 623 million, which is less than Jurassic world. So why it's actually you know Black Panther did just slightly higher than Jurassic world one. So, you know, you you all picked Jurassic, uh, Infinity War as number one. Uh, please explain to me why you are so confident that Avengers Infinity War is going to beat Jurassic World.
3: Uh, I'll I'll start, and that is because people saw Jurassic World 1 out of enthusiasm for that series, then realized, oh no, this isn't very good, they will not be back in full force for part two. That's it.
2: Anybody? Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like there was the same feeling of Jurassic the Jurassic Park franchise returning that there was for star Wars, the force awakens. And that's what made it so huge to begin with. But now some audiences have seen what that new franchise was like, and they're probably not super excited about seeing the next installment. And so I think that we're, that we're going to see a significant decline in how, just how big the box office is for this in the same way there was a decline for the last Jedi from the record breaking numbers that the Force awakens did. And just, I mean, just from a sheer perspective, um, of as far as like how big a movie is. Like Avengers Infinity War has all this momentum going behind it because it has 10 years of movies, 18 chapters leading up to this, and they're really pushing this whole idea of culmination and everything leading to this. So I feel like even more casual Marvel fans are super pumped to see how what, what it's all going to lead up to. And it's just going to be like, probably one of the biggest cinematic events of our time
4: not to mention the new black panther fans are just really excited to see wakanda again just a couple months after black panther basically destroyed all uh well not all box office records but a lot of box office records this year so i think they'll be coming in in full force too
1: okay well that 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 is a good question That, that raises a good question not that it's relevant to this uh movie wager but i'm wondering you know Black Panther did such incredible box office. It did, uh, what, uh, $673 million. Ben, what do you anticipate Avengers infinity war will do? Will it beat black Panther? Um, I
0: still don't think it's going to beat black Panther, but I think it's going to be close. I think, um, a couple months ago I would have said, I don't even think it's going to be in the same ballpark, but I think, um, the anticipation has sort of hit this fever pitch as we've gotten closer to the release of infinity war and there's more clips and more stuff and everybody seems to be talking about it now. So I I think, um, for all the reasons that everybody has already explained about why this movie is going to do so well, uh, I think it's going to, yeah, do, do very, very well. And it's, um, yeah, I, I I couldn't put an exact number on it. Um, but I think it's going to be, it's going to, there's no way anything else ends the summer at number one, Peter. There's just no way. <laughs>
1: well, I, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. You know, the first Avengers did $623 million, which is less than Black Panther. The second Avengers film did $459 million. So it did, uh, what is that, like one-third less money? Um, it, I'm not saying that it's not going to be number one. It was number one on my list. But th- 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 if you look at the comps, I'm just saying... It doesn't uh, seem too unrealistic. But what did uh, Civil
0: War do? Uh,
1: Civil War did 408 million. Mm Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be interesting to see. Okay, so let's get on to our number two. uh, And I believe everybody else or everybody has... No, not everybody has the same number two. We actually have quite a bit of... uh, difference in the number twos uh i I would think it would be obviously jurassic world uh but um okay let's go to uh ht for her number two what is your number two
4: i picked incredibles two because you can't underestimate that family going summer crowd all the kids are out of school the parents are gonna want to bring their kids to something and incredibles one did pretty modestly well at the box office they had about um, 200 million domestically but it has been more than uh, 10 years since that movie came out and the anticipation has just been growing since then so I think Incredibles 2 could beat out Jurassic World and this isn't my Jurassic World sort of bias speaking but I just I really think that the family crowd is a lot more powerful than you think I mean like half of the avengers and marvel um gross is kind of due to families going in so and i think that's less gonna it's gonna factor in less with the jurassic world crowd
1: well you know if we think avengers is gonna do over 600 million then we think the number two film on this list is probably going to do 400 500 million Mm -hmm. ben you also have incredible stew as as your second choice uh do you think it can actually hit that high of a bar
0: I think so. I think this is going to be sort of like the Finding Dory of this summer, the movie that, that people underestimate and it actually comes out doing a lot better than people think, just exactly for the reasons that H.C. just mentioned. It's a family film. I think it's we have a pretty good idea that it's going to be good. Brad has actually seen some footage of it and said that he's enjoyed what he's seen. And then also just, it's a Pixar movie, so automatically you know there's like a, a certain level of quality to expect there. There's all, also uh, tends to be some repeat viewing there and and just the idea of like, yeah, a family event that everyone can see across the board um, that presumably is going to be a pretty high quality movie and have some good word of mouth that also is a sequel to a a really beloved film, Uh, I think. And it's a superhero movie to boot. All of that, I think, means that this is going to be number two. So we'll see what happens.
1: Now, Jacob, you were bad mouthing Jurassic World just a few minutes ago. I was. Tell us what your number two film of the summer movie, Widger, is.
3: My number two film is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and this is because it will not make $600 million again, but it'll make $400 million again because the Transformers movies got increasingly terrible and still managed to make that kind of money. I think the name alone is going to bring people in. It's going to be a lot of people who love the nostalgia, a lot of people who did like the first one, uh, and... I know that uh, Brad, I'm sorry, Ben and HT just said that Incredibles has a big family audience, but so does Jurassic Park. I was I was a young kid when that movie came out, and I saw it several times in theaters. Kids love dinosaurs, and they love these movies, and they're less discriminating than adults. So the same kids are going to see Incredibles 2 are going to flock to Fallen Kingdom more so than more discriminating audiences so i think it's gonna be huge it won't be as big as the first one it won't be as big as infinity war but it's going to it's going to do a do billion dollars worldwide and, and i'd say 450 of that is going to go right from america
1: the Jurassic world fallen kingdom the new trailer came out today and it definitely looks a lot more scary than the original uh brad you also have this pick as your number two uh do, do you think you really think this is gonna overtake uh you know films like incredibles and solo
2: yeah, I mean, like we, like Jacob just said, even though it's not going to do as big a business as Jurassic World did when it revived the Jurassic Park franchise after several years, um, it's still going to bring in a lot, a lot of uh, families because, like you said, kids love dinosaurs, and just, uh, just the franchise alone, you know, has this legacy that it comes along with that people will always just want to see what the latest Jurassic Park movie has to offer. And I feel like while Incredibles Two is going to be huge for sure, especially with the 14-year gap between the first one and the anticipation that's been building and more kids have been able to see that movie since it came out, kids who weren't even born when the first movie came out, that um, I just don't think it'll be enough. I think Jurassic World has even more crossover between not just getting families in there but getting adults in there who probably wouldn't otherwise care about seeing uh, an animated movie because they don't have kids or because they feel like they've outgrown animation in general.
1: Okay, so one of us did not put Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom – or the Incredibles at number two, and that person is our own Chris Evangelista. Chris, what did you put it as number two?
5: Uh, I have Solo at, my, at number two because it's a it's a Star Wars, and the kids love the Star Wars films. Um, it's also, uh, I think, the lesson the Last Jedi taught everyone is that. People really, really want something predictable because one of the biggest backlashes against The Last Jedi was that it was so different. Whereas everything with Solo, uh, while that film looks really entertaining and I'm excited to see it, it also looks very predictable. It looks like you can chart exactly what happens from beginning to end. And apparently that's what a lot of Star Wars fans really want. So I think they're going to turn out for this. And I also feel like there's a sort of morbid curiosity here, too, where, you know, a lot of people know there's a lot of uh, behind the scenes turmoil with, you know, Lorda Miller getting fired. And so it's sort of that that car crash element where people are going to be curious to see, like, is this a train wreck? Is this going to turn out bad or did Ron Howard pull it off? So I feel like all those elements are going to come together and make this pretty big.
1: Yeah, the, the the worst modern Star Wars film did five hundred and thirty two million dollars, and that was Rogue One. This one has people people recognize in the movie, so I think I, I don't think you're wrong that it's going to do a lot of money, but um, will it be number two. I don't know, uh, Ben. You did not put Jurassic World as your number two, but you put it as number three. Why do you Why do you think uh it's going to be that or lower on the list?
0: Well, I think, because, like I said, I think the, the Incredibles thing is really going to bring in the families. And while everybody else has mentioned that Jurassic Park you know, brought in families and uh, even us when we were younger, I, I think that especially this last trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom proves that this movie is definitely leaning more toward the horror element. And I think my parents probably took me to see Jurassic Park because they thought it looked like a big, fun adventure movie. And And Jurassic Park, the original, has some... Horrifying things sort of snuck into it, but I don't recall the marketing of that movie leaning heavily on those moments. I, I and this, the the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailers seem to, you know, there, there's like a child in bed, you know, trying to cover hide underneath the covers as a a dinosaur extends its claw at her face. Like there's, I I, I don't know if. Parents are gonna be like yeah, let's grab our four-year-old and take him to go see fallen <laughs> kingdom So I, I don't know all of that sort of factored into my decision. I again I still think it's gonna do very very well. I just I feel like the animated choice is probably the safer one here for me
1: it, You're not alone. It's also the, the number three pick is the same as HT and Chris. Uh do either of you have anything to say about the uh, Jurassic World as number three I
4: just think that there will be a drop off from the first Jurassic World, similar to what we were saying before about how Force Awakens brought in so much, so much curiosity in so many eyes because it was the first Star Wars in a while. Jurassic World was the first Jurassic Park movie in a while, and it had all of that hype. And I think now people have seen it. They know what it's about. Um, I don't think they'll be as interested to see the sequel.
1: Jacob, why are they wrong and why is Incredibles 2 going to be number three? Well, I don't think they're wrong. I
3: think this is a case where all of our top threes so far uh, are all bouncing around the same titles for a reason. That's because they're all going to make a ton of money. I think that uh, the Jurassic name is so huge and so ingrained into our culture that people are going to see that by default. It's just a thing people will do. Whereas my number three is Incredibles 2. I think it's going to make a ton of money. I think it's going to double what the first one made for sure. Because over the past 14 years, people have grown to love this movie. It's become something that people just play for their kids, and kids know these characters. Um, And also, looking at the list of movies coming out this summer, there's not a lot of animated fare. I mean, the Hotel Transylvania 3 is the only major animated competition (laughs) here, and nobody loves those movies. Kids may like them, but nobody loves them. But people love Incredibles. So it's going to do a ton of money. But the Incredibles, as popular as they are, are not Jurassic Park. They are not dinosaurs. They are not... The event that Jurassic World is being built to be, so it's going to do exceptionally well. It's going to make a ton of money. It's just going to be edged out by Jurassic World.
1: See, you guys now have me worried because I don't even have Incredibles in my top four, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs>
4: Peter, you're gonna you're gonna lose for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Um, okay, let's go. Let's get on to uh, number four on the list. Um, uh, you know, I'm uh, Jacob. On your list, it's Solo. So why why is Star Wars so far down your list? It, it, it's summer, it's Star Wars, this is the, the time that Star Wars usually comes out, uh, you know, people are excited, but number four? The previous three Star Wars
3: movies, the last three ones, all came out in the winter. They all came out in the Christmas season, where they could essentially own Christmas, own December, and own most of January. Uh, Soul is being dropped in Memorial Day, it's being bookended by Avengers, it is surrounded by Jurassic World, it is... It is moving in and out of extreme competition. It's going to do well. They'll do prequel numbers for sure, which did really well, like between two hundred and fifty and four hundred million uh, domestically, if I remember correctly. Uh, but those movies didn't do the numbers new ones have, and I think it's because the summer is simply more crowded. People are going to be. Uh, more inclined to go see something new, whereas if you release a Star Wars movie in December, it's like, oh, let's go see Star Wars again. Nothing else is happening. Oh, it's Christmas. Our family's here. Let's go see Star Wars with, with the family this time. And this time, it's going to be a lot more options, a lot more things for your family to want to go see. So, yeah, it'll do, it'll do crazy well. It's going to be a successful movie no matter what. It has Star Wars in the title, uh, but doesn't have an open field that the previous three have had.
1: H.T. also has Solo as number four. Is, is that the also the reasoning why you have it at, at, in the fourth place? This
4: is kind of a personal allegory, but I feel like there isn't as much hype for Solo as there have been for last um, Star Wars films, even for the last Star Wars anthology film. So I don't know. It, their marketing is, really, is upping its game. So maybe it's just kind of getting into that swing. But I feel like people aren't as excited or invested in this one as they have been for last Star Wars movies.
1: Uh also in number 4s the only person here who has seen 30 minutes of Incredibles 2 put Incredibles 2 as their number fourth choice And that is our own Brad Omen Brad why
2: I? Mean Incredibles 2 is undoubtedly going to be a huge hit this summer We've already talked about you know the the families that will be coming out to see it The people who grew up with the original Incredibles who are adults and may even have now kids of their own taking them to see the sequel that has been anticipated for so long And you just can never underestimate Pixar. Pixar consistently brings in so much box office bank. Every new movie they come out with, just their having the Pixar name attached to it, people will go see it. Um, So it's going to be a huge movie. I don't think it's quite up to the same level of uh, hype and excitement as the previously established franchises we talked about, but I definitely think that it's going to be a a big player this year. And uh, it'll—I think it could be uh, our placement of this could be one that makes or breaks our uh, our
1: lists. And uh, Chris falls in line with you with Incredibles uh, number four, but I think we've talked enough about Incredibles. What I want to talk about is what is many people's number five choice, but it is Ben's number four choice, and that is Deadpool 2. Ben, why do you think Deadpool 2 has the chance to be in the top four? Uh, It's just a movie
0: that people love. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but people lost their shit over this movie when it came out in 2016. So people just really, really love Ryan Reynolds as this character. It's like the ideal version of him uh, for a, a lot of audiences. And the first Deadpool surprised everyone and really sort of changed the way that Hollywood perceived our rated superhero movies. And I think they're really doubling down on that. And I think people who uh, there are so many people that love the original, I think Deadpool two is, is not going to be, it's not going to approach infinity war, but it's, it's going to be one of those movies that I feel like we, in the summer going like, man, that did better than we even thought it was going to do. So that's why I rated it so high.
1: Now, you know, one of the reasons why I love this game and I hate this game is it makes you think like a movie executive. Uh, you know, obviously Deadpool too. I know you're not a fan of Deadpool, but and uh, you know, J- J- uh, Jacob's not a fan of Jurassic world, but you guys are putting them up so high because you cynically believe the audiences are stupid.
0: <laughs> well, not that they're stupid. I just I genuinely think that people love this character. And and yes, I think Deadpool 2 is going to be a bad movie that is not nearly as funny as as, as everyone thinks it's going to be uh because I thought the same thing about the first movie and and the trailers for the second one have given me given me nothing to uh believe that it's going to be a drastic step up in quality, but I think that uh, if the first Deadpool, if that's the baseline that we're going from, and if people lost their minds that much over that movie, I think throwing in Josh Brolin as Cable and, you know, just doubling down on the, that style of humor is enough to get people to come back out in full force.
1: Well, the number five film for everybody except for Ben is Deadpool 2. So does anybody uh, have any opinions on wh- why this is going to be the you know middle of the summer of top ten? I just want to weigh in and say that I think
5: audiences are stupid. And that's why Deadpool is going to be a big hit.
4: (laughs) I do want to say that it's interesting that the first Deadpool, you know, took smashed records when it premiered in February and it was a big February winter hit, but now it's kind of getting in with the big boys in the summer. So it feels like it could be a toss up. Actually I have it in my top five, but I think that, you know, in the midst of all of these big hitters like Infinity War and Jurassic World and Solo, it's, so, it's it would be interesting to see like whether Deadpool 2 can pull its weight.
1: I mean, you make a good point. It was good counter-programming. Uh, did it come out on uh, Valentine's Day, I think it might have been? Yeah, um, Valentine's Day. Yeah, and it had nothing around it. Now, you know, we're the summer of superheroes, uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, but let, let's go from superheroes to to uh, Mission Impossible. Um, a bunch of you have Mission Impossible as number six, uh, including Jacob. Um, who else? in my list in I front do. of me? It, it, I you, did, cr- too. Yeah. Uh, which, which of you would like to speak on this one?
3: I'll go and start. Uh, and this, this is I'm looking at these numbers, and I think that Deadpool 2, our top five, my top five, is the last of the $300 million movies. Those are the ones that make $300 million plus. And getting into the bottom five, the movies that are successful, but not not enormous. And that's been Mission Impossible's whole thing. Successful but not enormous. Consistently making two hundred million dollars plus per entry for a while now. And uh Fallout is coming off of the extremely successful Rogue Nation, which is a killer movie, and those trailers are killer. And I think that by the time this comes out, people can gonna be a little over the superhero thing. They're gonna say, I wanna break from CGI, I wanna break from people in costumes, I wanna watch some real stunts, and it's gonna be that sort of um second win the summer gets and it's going to be that uh the tom cruise tom cruise knows this thing and that is making movies from a slightly older audience and trying to sell them on uh actual spectacle as opposed to digital spectacle and i think it's gonna come at the right time do its usual business and hit this spot and get out of there
1: brad and ben both don't have mission impossible uh in their number six choice they have it lower on their list why do you guys think uh it's not going to make that much money Brad, do you want to go first?
2: Sure. I mean, uh, I I still think it's going to make a good amount of money, but uh, with Ant-Man and the Wasp being my number six pick, we're talking about the power of the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, overpowering the Mission Impossible franchise. And if you look back at the box office that the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies have done, uh, nearly all of them in each individual franchise have increased in box office take. Even Thor The Dark World earned more than the the first Thor, even though it's significantly worse. Okay, Uh, but you're
4: forgetting the power of Henry Cavill's mustache.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think Henry Cavill's mustache has proven it has the power to take down the box office of a movie, (laughs) (laughs) but but not necessarily boost it. And I think that a lot of people have fallen in love with Paul Rudd uh, as Ant-Man, especially uh, with his role in Civil War. And so even though Ant-Man, you, you might consider it to be one of the lesser of the the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think it's still going to be uh, a big hit this summer. And I feel like that it'll it'll make more than some people are expecting.
1: Ben, why do you think it's not going to make that much money? What, what do you have as your number six?
0: So my number six is Hotel Transylvania 3, uh, which I don't think we've really talked about yet. And it, the reason I put it there was because I, I think... This is one of those movies that, like you said, it, it, who are who is the audience for this? Who are watching these movies? It's one of those things where a lot of people go see this movie, but or these films, but nobody talks about them. It's like they're all ashamed that they have to take their kids to go see these movies. Um, but they keep making them, and I saw some footage. Uh, actually, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but I saw briefly a, a small presentation of some clips from this movie, and it looks just as goofy and ridiculous as the first ones, and I, I think it's just going to be... An an option for people We're talking about there's not that many animated uh, Movies that are coming out this summer So I think it's just going to be like by default Hotel Transylvania 3 is going to make A ton of money Um, In my number 7 choice I have Ant-Man and the Watch For similar reasons that Uh, Brad just mentioned and I have Mission Impossible all the way down at number eight and maybe it's just anecdotal But I love the trailers that I've seen for Mission Impossible fallout, but I feel like nobody cares about them Nobody is talking about them. Nobody is excited about this movie at least in the circles that I run in Um, Other than like me and Chris it seems
2: like (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I, am I'm I'm super pumped for Mission Impossible But at the same time I feel like right now we're at a point where that movie doesn't come out until what July and so I think the end of July yeah, and so all the focus right now is on the early summer movies, and so I feel like, like that's the reason there's not too much hype about it right now. There's so many movies that are going to be like, front-loaded at the beginning of summer That, like, Mission Impossible will have plenty of eyes on it once it comes around to it, even though there's not a lot of buzz about it right now. Exactly. And
3: by then, people will be ready for it and it'll make a lot of money and be
0: number six. I mean, I hope it does. But I I mean, I I think because of the placement of where this comes out in the year, our our cutoff for the summer movie wager is sometime in August, right? Like, the Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Okay. So, so the idea that.
2: Not Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend.
0: Or Labor Day. Sorry. Labor Day weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that. that Fallout comes out so late in the summer, I, I feel like handicaps it a little bit. But um, So that that was another reason that I put it down there at, at number eight for me.
1: We also have to consider the Mission Impossible movies traditionally only make $200 million at the box office. It's only going to have a month in this contest. Um, but, you know, what else is playing in August? Um, let's talk about HT's number seven, which is kind of surprising. Uh, what's my number seven?
4: Oh, <laughs> Skyscraper. Yeah. <laughs> um, you really so, think
1: Dwayne Johnson can bring Skyscraper up to number seven?
4: Oh, yeah. Dwayne Johnson is in a world where there's no guarantee about who is a box office star anymore. I think Dwayne Johnson is the last box office star. His films consistently bring in huge amounts of money. Uh, Jumanji was the biggest hit of uh, the last the later part of 2017 and continued to roll to the seam roll 2018. And, um, I think rampage is doing pretty well too. I don't know the exact numbers for rampage yet, but it was able to do. Okay.
1: Um, I think it did 30 something million in its opening yeah. weekend. So it's probably going to be like a hundred million at the end. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: yeah. Dwayne Johnson, I think it has enough star power to bring skyscraper up to, uh, to big numbers to number six in this summer's box office. And, um, you know, people will tune in for a Dwayne Johnson movie, maybe the exception being Baywatch last year. But I think Jumanji was sort of the, uh, the, um, proof that he still has that power.
1: But th- then there's movies like, uh, Baywatch, <laughs> that prove that he, he doesn't always have that power. Um,
4: yeah, but I think Jumanji, I've, you want, you, Jumanji was huge. It was such a big, big, big movie that I think that it could just sort of push him, push his next couple movies, just like the momentum of that.
2: I feel, will, like, I feel like Jumanji had a lot of things working in its favor. Not only did it have a solid ensemble cast, it was based on a, on a very popular, previously established piece of intellectual property. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was It was a family comedy and action adventure. And it starred, you know, Dwayne Johnson in the lead role, who... Yeah, as we've established, it is a pretty good box office draw still. And I don't think that any of Dwayne Johnson's movies from this year are going to come anywhere close to the success of Jumanji. I think Skyscraper will end up being not a disappointment, but I don't think it's gonna be a big deal. I just feel like it's it's too much of your straightforward, you know, action thing. Like like I, I feel like it's gonna be along the lines of like a San Andreas or something like that.
4: Yeah, but we were talking about earlier Audiences can be kind of dumb sometimes, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I'm kind of gambling on that. Maybe people just want to see Dwayne Johnson leaping off buildings, and uh, I think he's disabled too. He has, like, a bum leg or something or um, something like that. So The
1: the thing for me is, like, like if you watch, like, a trailer like San Andreas, which is from the same director and actor, obviously, um, it had, like, multiple, like oh-crap, ten-pole moments. And, like, this seems to have just one moment, which is him jumping from a crane onto a skyscraper. Uh, Jacob, skyscraper is on your list, but it's much further down. Uh, do you think it has the potential to get up to number seven?
3: Not number seven. I think skyscraper will hit exactly at number nine, where it is on my list, because that is the right answer. <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be well. I think it's going to be, like, a $150 million movie. I guess going to do it's, it's going to do well. It's going to do g- good business, and and speaking anecdotally, uh, every time I've seen that trailer in a theater, the audience buzzes when it's over. People seem really excited by it, just in my local experience, which means absolutely nothing, but I'm letting inform my decision here.
1: <laughs> what uh, is I your number people... seven?
3: Oh, my number seven is Ant Man: The Wasp, uh, because the first Ant Man did okay. The second one will do okay, a little bit better, but not as much as Mission Impossible. That's where it's going to fall. I don't think Ant Man is a big enough of a hero. Uh, people like Paul Rudd. People enjoy him. But his, his movies feel like a trifle. I feel like they're not as big of an event as Infinity War or Black Panther or even Thor Ragnarok was. It's just going to be the, uh, the, the after dinnerment for Infinity War the thing people go enjoy and see and laugh at and then not see again. And that's where it's going to fall.
1: Hmm. Uh, ben already talked about Ant-Man and the Wasp at his number seven, but Chris has not talked about that. Why do you think this Marvel movie will be so low in the summer?
5: I don't know, I just I don't know if anyone really likes Ant-Man. I mean, <laughs> a part of me now that I'm thinking about it thinks maybe I should have made it higher just because uh, depending on how much people love Infinity War, they might be hungry for even more Marvel as soon as possible, so that might bump Ant-Man up a little bit more, but I don't know. I, uh, maybe I'm letting my own opinion pepper this choice too much, but I know I have almost zero interest in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I can't really imagine it being huge, but I am often wrong about many things. So I don't know.
0: It also doesn't have the benefit of, um, you know, like how Spider-Man Homecoming incorporated Iron Man into the plot. You know, there's like crossover characters and stuff from what we've seen thus far. It doesn't appear that there's going to be any big, cameos or or you know uh, supporting roles from other big heroes in the MCU in Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, aside from the boosted role of Evangeline Lilly as Wasp so i, I don't know if that's going to be enough to to drive this movie higher than the number number 7 spot on this list
1: well, we've already talked about Hotel Transylvania 3 a little bit. Jacob and uh, Brad both have it as their number eight. Do, does one of you want to speak to why this film uh, will make the top ten, but also at this low point?
3: Kids will be starving at this point in the summer. Incredibles 2 won't be enough. Families are going to want something. And the first two did solid. They did like $150, $180 million each, and this one won't do much more than that, but it's going to make those numbers and hit them, and it'll— then they'll make the fourth one, and that's how it's going to work. It'll make the same uh, amount of money in three years.
1: Okay, we have a couple surprising number eight choices. Uh, let's start off with HT. What is your number eight?
4: I put Ocean's 8 as my number eight, and this was sort of a gamble on my part because I'm actually not really sure how well it'll do. This is sort of like a hopeful optimism. I The first Ocean's movies did respectably well at the box office. But this is, uh, you know, the gender sort of bent version of it. And it's a sequel in a way because uh, Danny Ocean's sister is uh, played by Sandra Bullock. But um, we know that and but there's a lot of hype going into this film. There's a lot of expectation and sort of excitement for the cast, which is Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Rihanna. So I think that some of the star power in here could push Ocean's Eight uh, to number eight. And I think that like it with the success of female-led films last year, last summer, Wonder Woman. To, Wonder Woman was a huge shock to everyone on the summer. Um, Wage last year as well. I don't think anyone really had it as its number one and it ended up going up to number one So I think that a female-led film could actually do pretty good numbers this year
1: Now this film does place on most people's lists at some point But chris it is not on your list your proper list of the top 10 Uh, why is hg wrong? Why why is this film not going to hit the top 10?
5: I mean, I hope HT isn't wrong. I would love if this hits the, hot, the top 10 because I'm excited for it, but I just don't know. I don't know where where the buzz for this movie lies, really. because like, I know like cinephiles love the Soderbergh Ocean's Eleven films, but I don't know if people still think about those movies as much as they did when they came out. So I don't know if like that name recognition is going to bring in the crowds. I really don't know. I mean, the cast is great. I want it to be good. I think it looks good. I just I think I'm uh, I'm just assuming people won't care as much as they should. So maybe maybe I'm, I'm selling the audience short and I hope they prove me wrong, but I have a feeling they will.
1: Chris, you have a film on your list that is not on anybody else's list this year, and that is The First Purge at number eight. How is this horror movie from a franchise that has not hit over 80 million dollars going to land number eight? in the summer movie.
5: So I don't really like the purge films, but they're big and it feels like each new one is bigger than the last. They're also made really cheap. They, you know, they don't cost a lot to make these movies and it's opening July 4th weekend. I feel like, And it feels like that's like the only horror movie opening that weekend, quote unquote horror movie, because this seems more action oriented than the other films. But I feel like there's there's a market for this. Um, Like I said, I'm not uh, really excited about it, but I do think there's the right amount of buzz that this might surprise everyone and end up as a big hit.
1: There's also a political tinge to, you know, <laughs> the time that we're living in in this film that uh, could coincide in some way. Um, but I don't think it's going to going to hit the top 10 proper. Um, let's move on to uh, number nine on, on the list. And uh, we've already talked about Jacob with Skyscraper at number nine. He has faith in Dwayne Johnson. Brad, why do you think Ocean's 8 is going to be number nine?
2: Um, I definitely think there's some buzz about this movie and I think that the Oceans franchise has some uh, ability to drum up interests simply because you know what to expect from this kind of movie and the idea of an all-female cast especially with some, some pretty heavy hitters like Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett involved in it is going to get some eyes on it but I just don't think it's going to be as big of a deal to be any higher on the list. If anything, I feel like it might do the same kind of thing like HT said with Wonder Woman where because it has such a strong female center that it might get more eyes on it than otherwise might, but from, from my perspective and from other people who have seen this trailer among my friends and stuff like that, th- this movie seems to lack the same kind of style that uh, Steven Soderbergh's movies had, and it makes it feel a little more bland than your average Ocean's Eleven movie. So I just don't know if it's going to be as good as what we had come to expect from the Ocean's franchise. I want it to be, and I think it would be very cool to see the franchise continue like this, but... I'm just not sure if it's if it's uh, going to work out the way some people think.
1: Ben is also in ag- agreement with you, but uh, Jacob has Ocean's 8 and number 10. Uh, at the very bottom of the list, Jacob, why do, why do you think uh, this won't do as well as, as some people are projecting?
3: Well, I'm going to turn your question around a little bit. I think it's going to do uh, fine. I think it's going to do very well. I think number 10 on the summer is a very solid slot. It's going to make a lot of money. I think it's going to be a big hit. Maybe... I think over 100 million. Uh, I'd, I'd wager. I think it's because of women like going to the movies, which is something that people always seem to forget every year. But maybe after Wonder Woman, um it's there's enough momentum finally to get this one rolling. It won't be as big. It's not going to make half the money Wonder Woman made, but it'll make a quarter of it, which is still a ton of money and enough to make it on this list. I mean, I think the 10 spot here for this movie is a huge victory, even if it's not. Even if 10 would be 10 would be a terrible spot for Jurassic World, but for Ocean's 8, it's uh, for me. I think that's a really uh, solid prediction for a movie that's going to do Really solid business and do well and earn that spot
1: Okay one of the biggest Mistakes that was made on the Slash film cast version of the summer movie wager Is Jeff Kanata, who Does not watch any movie marketing Any trailer put Christopher Robin on his list j- Thinking that it was going to be a kid's Winnie the Pooh film and we all Mocked <laughs> him yeah it was a, a pretty Funny uh, revelation when we, when we Figured that out um, but You guys know better and two of you put Chris Robin as number 10 both Brad and Chris so defend yourselves I mean Winnie the
2: Pooh has a long enduring legacy
1: uh, Yeah but for- this is like
2: Peter shut up <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a movie I feel like that could be akin to like a modern day Mary Poppins or a modern day Hook and I think that there's going to be generations of people who either grew up with Winnie the Pooh decades ago, grew up with Winnie the Pooh recently, have something to latch on to who will want to go see this movie. I mean, if you look at how popular and beloved the patented movies are, I think that Christopher Robin has the potential to be something along those lines. It looks like a very uh, charming, family-friendly movie that will offer something that Summer usually doesn't have. And that's you know a little bit more of a, a, a quiet thoughtful delight of a movie rather than a loud in-your-face blockbuster bonanza. And I think that there's going to be some people who are going to like to take a break, sit down and enjoy a movie like this, especially when it's tied to such a beloved character who has been around for, for
1: so long. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
5: Let me, let me add, I'm dead inside, but the trailer, <laughs> the trailer for this movie, uh, completely charmed me. And before I watched it, I was like, Pfft what is this bullshit? I don't care. And then I watched the trailer and I melted. So if, if someone as uh, cold and hollow inside as me can be charmed by that trailer, I imagine the, the general movie going public is going to going to eat this up. And also it's Disney. I mean, I didn't think, uh, what is it? Maleficent was going to be a hit and that ended up being a pretty big hit. So I feel like that, that Disney brand is going to bring the audience in.
1: By the way, if if you count, uh, you know, the Fox movie Deadpool two is a movie owned by Disney at this point. Uh, Chris, on your list, I think there's like six movies owned by Disney in the top ten. It's pretty insane.
5: Well, I mean, Disney owns everything, so I mean, it's it makes sense at this point. They own
1: everything, everyone.
5: They're gonna own satellites soon. <laughs> Every, yeah,
1: there is. <laughs> Well, uh, one movie we have not talked about, it's HT's number 9 and it's Ben's number 10 is Mamma Mia 2. HT, why do you think this is a strong enough sequel to actually make it into the top 10?
4: Well, like Jacob said, women go to see movies and this is a movie the first movie was one that was just sur- that surged to a surprise summer hit in um, 2008 when it first came out and um, but because of women, so I think that The popularity of the first movie, which was based on a musical that I actually saw at at the Kennedy Center in in D.C., um, it's I think it could become like the top in the top ten, and it's not my my top nine spot. So, it's um it's definitely a contender I think. And uh, the first movie did pretty well. It did 144 million domestically in 2008. So I think that it can only go up in uh, with with its sequel.
1: Yeah, that, that that movie was in my in my nine slot as well, and people mocked me on the Slash Film Cast. You can go listen to that. Um,
4: well, I'm with <laughs> you, Peter.
1: Uh, it, it's just uh, I, I just wonder who's going to go see this. I mean, I guess uh, you know it's high, uh, it's skewing female, but it also is skewing probably an older audience that might you know the superhero movies that might might not appeal to them.
4: Yeah, it's like the um, the Marigold Hotel. The exotic Marigold (laughs) Hotel audience that one those that became a franchise because it skewed older It had an older demographic and it was insanely popular. So I think Mamma Mia could sort of tap into that same demographic.
1: Wait, that's a franchise
4: Well, it's just it's a two movies now
2: Yeah, the second best exotic Marigold Hotel which makes it sound like the hotel is worse than the first one
1: Uh, okay, HT, you had Ant-Man as your number 10. Do you really think Marvel is going to place at the bottom of the list?
4: I think that uh, op- contrary to what everyone else is thinking, um, there might be a Marvel sort of, um, not backlash, but
1: oversaturation. Over-
4: yeah, oversaturation. I think people might be tired of Marvel after seeing Black Panther and Infinity War so many times. And I don't think the first Ant-Man had that much of a following after it. Uh, this also might be painted by my, pers- my by my own personal bias. Uh, I love Paul Rudd. And um, I just thought the movie was okay. And the movie, the first movie did middling numbers, but it's also sort of packed between all these big heavy hitters in the summer and even though it comes out later i don't think it will pull the exact same the biggest numbers that uh, marvel has seen
1: okay let's go to our dark horses uh let's start off with jacob can you go through your dark horses uh one by one and tell us why they are gonna that they they have the potential of being in the top 10 but did not make your list
3: uh sure thing uh mamma mia here we go again the first one was huge and i think that this movie could be huge. I think a lot of women uh, and older audiences are going are gonna to flock out for it. Uh, but I showed the trailer to my wife, who loves the first one and loves ABBA, and her reaction to it was, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think that it may have a big opening weekend, but it's not going to have the legs the first one had. The first one had people going back to see it again and again. I think this one is going to be, the once you realize Meryl Streep's either not in it or barely in it, and all the other actors are...
1: And it has and the same can, songs, right?
3: Yeah, same songs, and... All the old actors are there for essentially cameos, for flashbacks to like new actors playing younger versions of them. Once that narrative gets set, once people realize that this is not a sequel, it's a, it's a prequel starring mostly younger actors, I think that audience is going to lose its interest. They want to see Pierce Brosnan and, and, and Colin Firth sing. They don't want to see some young kids sing. Who wants
1: that? So, so, uh, so, so your placement on the list is purely cynical.
3: Purely cynical, <laughs> yes. Uh, number two, I have uh, Action Point. And this is purely because the Jackass movies have done uh, really strong box office, like increasingly so. Like the first Jackass did, did, did well. Second one did better. The third one did over $100 million. And uh, Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa did well over $100 million. I think one hundred seventeen. million. I don't have numbers in front of me right now, but it, it was a big hit. And people like seeing Johnny Knoxville pulverize. And if they sell the Jackass angle, which they will, I think it's going to do similar business. Uh, and finally, I have Equalizer 2. Uh, I don't think anyone here uh, was, is aware that the Equalizer is a movie that exists. I, I think we're all completely unaware that there was a Denzel Washington action movie called the <laughs> Equalizer from a few years ago. But it made it, <laughs> it made, made it over
1: hundred million dollars.
3: It made over hundred million dollars, and, and it's because uh, I once again Denzel Washington is one of those people where I think people underestimate him. He's famous, but I think I think people don't give him credit for him being a box office draw. Uh, black audiences love Denzel. They love going to see his movies, and they've always supported him as an action hero and a dramatic actor. And I think that, uh, especially in the wake of Black Panther, uh, with black audiences being more energized than ever, Equalizer 2, which is just a pretty boilerplate action movie, but starring, one of the, starring the black movie star of the past 30 years, I think we can't uh, underestimate that. I think it could sneak up here.
1: Brad, walk us through your three dark horses.
2: Uh, So I put Skyscraper on my dark horses simply because of the power of Dwayne Johnson. I think there's some potential there for people to show up just because he's in it and for maybe it to be a big, ridiculous enough action movie for audiences to be like, oh, you know what, I'll give that one a shot, especially with now that movie passes out there and people are willing to take chances on uh, dumber things that they otherwise might not go out of their way to buy tickets for. Um, along the same lines, I also included the Meg on here Because Jason Statham also has the same kind of draw Anybody who has seen the Crank movies or the Transporter movies Knows that there's a certain level of insanity When it comes to the action of movies that Jason Statham stars
1: in But that and comes I'm, out in mid-August, Fred
2: It does, but this is the kind of movie where the people that want to see it Are going to see it right away And there's three weeks of time for them to see it Before this challenge is over So I feel like people are going to turn out for Jason Statham during a month when there's not really much else going on. Um, and And then I put tag on here simply because every time I've seen this trailer with audiences, which has been about two or three times now, people are cracking up at it. And I feel like this might surprise some people in the way that Game Night did as far as quality is concerned. And considering it has a very sizable ensemble cast with uh, a lot of big famous comedians, uh, people from both TV and movies, and also a couple of dramatic actors thrown in as well doing some, some big comedy stuff. Um, uh, also, on top of that, the, the premise is just so unique and original that people, are, I think, are really curious about it. I think that it's going to surprise people and will become uh, one of the bigger comedy hits this year.
1: It amazes me that that movie got made. Like it, like the, the premise is so strange and it's based on a true story, kind of it's weird. Uh I'm curious to see if it if it makes any money. But like you said, uh, you know, there there isn't many comedies that we have on our list, mostly Deadpool too. So uh, you know, maybe there is room for a comedy. Ben, walk us through your dark horses.
0: Uh, so I also put Skyscraper on here. I think the rock, just the the uh, draw of him might be enough to make this a uh, a potential sneak uh, sneak success, I guess. Um but again, I wasn't confident enough in it to drop it into the official ten. Uh, the Equalizer two. that movie, I mean, it made over hundred million dollars, like you guys said. But it also really importantly for this challenge made more money domestically than it did overseas And I think that bodes very well for its chances to do very well this summer uh, And then the other one I had on my list is one. that I don't think we've mentioned yet Which is uh, crazy rich Asians, which is a romantic comedy starring an all-asian cast and if black panther shows that. uh Uh, an underserved audience will turn out in droves to go see a movie that caters directly to them. Maybe uh, the Asian American contingent will turn out in a big way to support this movie. The only downside and the reason that I put it in my dark horse, dark horse category is that it comes out on August 17th. So it's a little late for it to make a huge impact uh, in, in terms of the summer movie wager. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't want to underestimate uh, the Asian crowd especially since this movie is like a big one that is gaining a Groundswell of support in, in a similar way uh, to black panther. So we'll see what happens
1: I think we estimate that a movie has to make a hundred million to make it into the top ten this summer Probably probably a little higher than that So a movie like crazy rich Asians would have to make if it only has two weeks out it would have to make like 60 million dollars in its opening week or 50 50, something like that, um, which, I mean, it is possible. I mean, look at what Black Panther did. Um, but obviously, that's based on a Marvel property. No mm-hmm. one knows what Crazy Rich Agents is yet. Um, right. Let's move on to Chris's Dark Horses. Walk us through it. Uh,
5: my number one is Ocean's 8, which uh, I, I briefly talked about earlier. Um, I want this to be big, but I don't know if it's going to be. So that's why I have it as a Dark Horse. Uh, my number two is The Meg, just because, I don't know, I think that looks so silly that it might draw a crowd and my last one is uh sicario which i feel like is going to corner that dad market dads who want to see uh uh, you know benicio del toro and josh brolin shooting some guns they're going to turn out to see that movie so sicario 2 whatever it's called now the day (laughs) of the
1: soldado or something like that it's the worst title ever and the first movie only made like 50 million dollars or something i'm not sure uh I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, HT, walk us through your Dark Horses.
4: So my Dark Horses are The Meg, which we've talked about extensively. It's a silly movie. It's Jason Statham. I think it will do big numbers just because it has that sort of Sharknado-esque following and is ridiculous enough to draw in people who are maybe wanting to use their movie pass or are just coming in out of morbid curiosity um, or who just want to see Jason Statham punch a giant shark.
1: You and Brad bring up this movie pass equation into this uh, whole contest and that's something we haven't had in previous years. I mean movie pass existed but you know millions of people now have movie pass. When I go to the movie theater even when I went to the movie theater in Orlando Florida there was a line of people People at the kiosk to buy movie tickets with their movie passes. And, you know, that could potentially hugely swing what normally, you know, places.
4: Yeah, that's true. This is kind of a, it's a big toss-up now. People will see movies they don't even really necessarily want to see. So <laughs> um, my number two is The First Purge, which I think has a big following just because this is the fourth film, I think, in the series. I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. But, um, yeah, the horror does really well in the summer. And I think that last couple of years, we've had um, mo- horror movies sort of gain a massive following, uh, especially in the fall, but also in the summer. We had um, Get Out in the Winter make big numbers, and then It make big numbers in the fall. So I wonder if the summer will be like the bit, the time for another horror movie to sort of come out in, um, in full force. Uh, and uh, my third one is The Equalizer 2 or just Equalizer 2, which, for all the reasons we said before, it's Denzel, it's a movie that did surprisingly well for its first film, and uh, we'll probably do, I think, the dad numbers that Chris was talking about earlier with Sicario, Soldado, t- Day of, <laughs> one of those things.
1: <laughs> yeah, those dads with their movie passes are going to turn out numbers <laughs> to see the Equalizer 2. Uh, I don't know, I just feel like that's going to be a movie that people see on home video, but, you know, they turned out for Equalizer 1, so... I could be wrong. It is in my dark horses as well. Uh, you can read all the lists we uh, went through t- uh, on this podcast if we kind of skip some numbers or uh, you know uh, uh, combined uh, some movies. You can find it in the show notes and on com. I would also encourage you listening to the SlashFilmcast episode of this featuring me. You can find out my whole list there. Um, and uh, I would also especially encourage you to go to the summer movie and fill out your own, uh, summer movie wager, enter into the contest. Last year we had thousands of people see at the, you know, throughout the summer, uh, it's updated. There's graphs. It's, it's insane. Uh, the amount of work that goes into the site, uh, the guy Dennis that runs it is amazing. And, um, you know, it, it, compete with us, see how you do against us. Uh, and it will be fun. Um, But yes, this does it for Slash Home Daily. Uh, You can subscribe to this podcast published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. If you have some questions, comments, concerns, uh, feedback, send it to peter at SlashHome.com. Please go rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.
0: If you and your team want to cut down on busy work and get more choice and control over accounts payable, you need Bill. Bill Accounts Payable is your secret weapon for saving time on AP. And with a special offer at bill.com slash podcast, you'll save money too. With Bill, streamline your entire AP process, including bill creation, approvals, and payments. You can pay with ACH, credit card, check, and international wire transfer. Plus, you can easily integrate with most accounting software. No wonder hundreds of thousands of businesses are already using Bill to manage their AP. Schedule a free demo now to see how Bill can automate your financial operations. And right now, get 15% off when you subscribe to Bill Accounts Payable. There's never been a better time to sign up. This special offer is available for a limited time only at bill.com podcast.
2: Terms apply. See bill.com podcast for details.